0: Welcome to HorrorCulture, Culture show the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash-to-pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we're back, back, back again with uh, more nasty videos for you. <laughs> nasty videos? <laughs> I changed it up a bit. Second weekend. Uh, yeah, we're back with our video nasties month, Nasty November. And we have something even nastier than last week.
1: What was last week?
0: Tenebrae. Wow. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) It's hard to fucking keep up,
0: okay? So this week, we're diving into one of the don't films. Um, Modern audiences may be a little more familiar with Edgar Wright's fake trailer that mocked all of the don't films.
1: Yes. The Grindhouse. Yeah. Um, they always had the best trailers, didn't they? Yeah, and it, I I I do think he perfectly um showed showed that within. Obviously, it's a parody, um, but it was very on point. Yeah,
0: there's actually a few things from this film that I think may have made an appearance in Last Night in Soho, particularly towards the third act. The certain event of people coming back and the stairway and the fire and. Certain bits of imagery? Yeah, maybe. We haven't even told you what we're talking about. We're talking about... You do this every week. Don't go in the house. 1979. Uh, So, yeah, the don't films we had, Don't go in the woods alone. We had Don't go into the basement. What else did we have? Don't go in the park. No. Is there a don't go in the park? I swear there's a don't go in the park. I thought it was a house on the edge of the park. There is a house on the edge of the park. but is there a don't go in the park? I, I, I am sure there is a don't go in the park.
1: There was a series of f- films. Don't go near the park. Don't go near the park. There you go. Um, yeah, a series of films where the titles basically told you where you're not allowed to go. Yeah, and containing people
0: in these films just ignoring this instruction.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, with all due respect, they uh, they weren't aware of the title of the film, <laughs> no, these characters. No. Um, directed by Joseph
0: Ellison. Uh, the only other film he directed was a film called Joey, and he was the second unit
1: director of Palvis. Fabulous.
0: A budget, $250,000, and we're not sure how much it made. The information isn't available. Yeah. Low budget slash a film. Budget. The last Of the pre Friday the 13th slasher films so this is very much in keeping with the grimy look of a lot of 70s horror films
1: yeah so this this kind of style it did continue because obviously it's the year before Friday the 13th came out so you didn't see the influence of Friday the 13th till 81 and onwards Um, so there were still films that very much felt like this afterwards I mean, case in point, Maniac. Oh, well, yeah, this is absolutely an influence on Maniac. Well, there was a lot of films that, um, let's be honest, ripped off Psycho. Yeah. Or were heavily influenced by Psycho and the story of Ed Gein, Mm -hmm. which uh, was used for Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Deranged uh, in the 70s. Very much influenced by that story Um, about crazy men killing women, essentially. And I I know that's essentially what all Slasher films are, really. Um, or at least 90% of them are crazy men killing women. Um, but these are very specific Instructed by their dead mums. Yeah, in their sort of depiction of these insane men. Um... We'll get into why that's very iffy. <laughs> yes. Uh, during yeah. the podcast episode, but there, there was a few of these sort of films, weren't there? Yeah.
0: For every good element in this film, there's a bad one. It's it's a very, very conflicted film for me because there's a lot here I love, but there's a lot wrong with it. That's not easy to look past. I know a lot of you know, older horror films. It's easy to say they're a product of the time. I mean. You know, there's, uh, we could say there's certain things wrong with certain representations in Psycho and Silence of the Lambs, but you can look past them because of how great the rest of the film is. Whereas this,
1: it's not easy to look past them. Because it is jarring. Yeah, it's not the first time, um, but it's definitely an example of a film where... I will sit here and I will defend and I say any artist can make whatever they like you know and I'm dead against the video nasties I'm dead against censorship but you can kind of see where they're coming from to a certain degree you can kind of like oh okay no this is this is iffy yeah this isn't great and I would defend anyone's you know choice to make these kind of films but you know you got to take the criticism yeah, and yeah. this so. is
0: this is the one where if they showed anyone this, then you'd probably, as a horror fan, you'd probably be a little worried because they could raise a point from it. Yeah. So getting into the trivia, uh, there's not a lot of it. The house used in this film is now the museum headquarters of the Atlantic Highlands Historical Society in New Jersey. Oh. It was falling into disrepair at the time of filming.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, shortly after, in 1980, the town condemned it and slated it for demolition. That's when the local historical society took action and purchased the property. And it's now called the Strauss Mansion Museum, named for Adolf Strauss, who had built the house in 1893. And there are exhibits in every room, ranging from local history to Victorian displays. Nice. Restoration work is still ongoing after all these years due to the massive amounts of money through donations needed. Uh, However, the house is still there and not too much has changed. Some rooms are recognisable from the film, whilst others may not be because of display cases. Uh, The Society usually shows the film in-house the in October as part of their month of Halloween events.
1: Nice.
0: The location is open every Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 4pm. Admission is free and it is uh, in New Jersey. So if anyone, because we've had a lot of American listeners this past month, if anyone checks this out or has been there, let us know. What it's
1: like. Yeah, you can see in the film why they managed to get such a big house on such a small budget. Yeah. Because it, it's a shit Um But that works, you know, for the film.
0: The actresses who played the Burns victims uh, were dancers chosen because they were the same height as the actresses playing the victims. So, separate actresses for the... Uh... Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but... They were also slimmer in build and this is because when the human body is subjected to burns it shrinks due to a loss of fluid so they're going for realism. Good good for them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it, it works actually. It does work. Selected by Quentin
0: Tarantino for his first film festival in 1996 that he put on. Of course it was. Of course this is one of Quentin Tarantino's favourites. Oh uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> one of Five
0: thousand. <laughs> the star Dan Grimaldi uh, didn't have to audition for the part of Donny. Uh, at the time, he was the lead in an off-Broadway play titled "Mama's Little Angels." The directors, uh, the director and producers, came to see it several times and ended up asking him if he was interested in doing their film. Yeah. So, I mean, he's gone on to be in The Sopranos.
1: Yeah, yeah, he played the twins, didn't he, in The Sopranos? He is
0: alarming. <laughs> He's fucking creepy, and I fully believed that he was this weirdo serial killer for that whole film.
1: He does a really good job. He actually he actually really does do a really good job.
0: He he is really unsettling. He, he really, really commits to the role. Uh, despite some respectable critical notices, uh, Don't Go In The House attracted controversy almost immediately because of its graphic depiction of the death of Kathy Jordan. Uh, Donnie's first victim, and the central theme of childhood abuse. Yeah. This led I to the film that. being cut by almost three minutes when it was released in Britain in the winter of 1980, but an uncut version was released on video by the Arcade label in 1982. Knowingly or not, they advertised the release as a true nasty from Arcade, and it quickly wound up on the DPP's list of band titles of uh, video nasties, and that is why we're discussing it today. Yes. Yeah, so the advertisers
1: are nasty and uh, (laughs) became one. Is that suggesting that it wasn't a video It would have gone unnoticed
0: if they didn't
1: advertise it like that. (laughs) Oh,
0: God. The pre-cut British cinema version was released on video by the Apex label in 1987, uh, though the film was finally passed uncut in 2011. And it's actually got an upcoming Blu-ray release by Severn Films that was just announced recently.
1: Uh, and I promise, we we didn't plan this at all. It was our influence, <laughs> you know? We're influencers now.
0: But yeah, it's it's amazing that you could watch these films now like in all their uncooked glory after such a massive deal was made about them back in
1: the 80s. Yeah, and it's what we touched on last week, the whole idea of the video nasties, is that people should be free to make their own decisions when it comes to stuff like this. That, you know, who chose these people to decide whether you or I could watch these films. Yeah. What, what we can handle and what is going to make us go out there and start killing people. Yeah. Um. It's about choices. And, you know, I will defend anyone for their art. I mean, we sit here and, and we <laughs> tear into many films. Um, but I will defend... They're right to make these films. Mm -hmm. But, obviously, you deal with the criticism. Yeah. So, speaking
0: of which, let's get criticising. Yeah. (laughs) A disturbed young man who was burned as a child by a sadistic mother stalks women with a flamethrower. I mean, yeah. (laughs) IMDb got it right this time.
1: Well, you're playing fast and loose with the word young is... Young for the 70s. I mean, you know... I fully he looked like he was in his early, like, late 30s, early 40s. If that's young, then, yeah. Yeah, cool. I mean,
0: it wasn't long after Greece, was it? So, <laughs> set the standard for being young.
1: Yeah, there we go. Donald Kohler... Kola... Oh, wait, we watched, um, I was a teenage werewolf recently. Oh, yeah, no, they're absolutely... That shit's been going on for a long time, <laughs> way before Greece.
0: <laughs> Donald Kohler is obsessed with fire. We know this because we get the opening credits uh, set inside a furnace with a menacing score.
1: The know. second week in a row, fire for the opening credits. What a coincidence! What's next week's film? Uh, Unhinged. The, well, I've never seen it before, so who knows?
0: Yeah, it could be fire credits again. Good old Donnie Kay is sti- staring a little too close to the fire, isn't he? Uh, he is, yeah. One of his colleagues, Ben, has a whopping moustache.
1: Ah, oh, he's. I didn't get his name. I just put him down as meaty moustache. <laughs> he's randomly set on fire and Donnie doesn't do much to help. Well, what they, they work in an incineration plant. I don't know what the word is for it. Um, but there's an aerosol can in the furnace. Mm-hmm. And it explodes, which sets... I mean... I don't know what he'd put on that moustache, but it sets the moustache on fire. <laughs> um, he's in flames. Donnie's just watching. Um, and he gets help from his colleagues, uh, but Donnie gets read to fill for uh, not helping.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, HR at this place, they must have a fucking headache <laughs> because this, this workplace is really, really... Uh, concerning. Um, I'm assuming I mean, this
1: guy's his supervisor. I don't know why. Oh, that's his boss. That's his, his boss. boss. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, first of all, you know, the whole fire thing probably should have been some health and safety checks there, guys. Um, also, we only see Donnie at work once and it's only after, like, a week that he gets threatened to lose his job. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Donny is accused of being homosexual, uh, using a slur by his boss... Um, but he explains that he can't be a homosexual because he tried to put out, tried to put out Ben's flames. Yeah. That
1: works, isn't it? <laughs> He's accused of being a homosexual because he didn't help his colleague on fire. Between the two
0: of them, they, they dropped the F-bomb about, like, fucking five times during the opening five minutes. Um... Yeah, I mean, immediately, that just lost the star for me. and, and it. It's like I say, you know, you, you can look back at certain films and whatever. Uh, I'm sure there's some films we love that have a slur in somewhere. But this was just
1: like, OK, hang on a minute. You're just using an excuse to say it now, aren't you? The thing is, we, we'll always see things through a modern filter. We'll always see... The, you know, I wasn't alive in 1979... So, I don't know how I would have felt in 1979. Maybe this is a word that everybody used, or, you know, it wasn't so shocking. But to hear it so much in the sort of first five minutes of the film, I was like, oh shit. You yeah. know? Bloody hell.
0: Yeah, his, his boss is a piece of shit. He, um,. I mean, I, I mean, Donnie is as well. That's I mean, the well, whole point of the film. Yeah, I but, mean, you know, his boss is a real piece I of really shit. I really
1: like Donnie up until the point where he started setting women on fire. And then I was like, oh, I'm I, not I'd, so sure anymore.
0: I admire his, um, you know, explanation as to why he can't be gay. Um, because he tried saving someone. I mean, we've never tried saving someone from being set on fire. so, And we're gay. So he's, he's absolutely right. Um, you know, if you if you're gay you can't save someone who's on fire. It's simple as that.
1: Apparently. There's rules. Do you know who's definitely not gay? Who? <laughs> Manly Bobby, and how do we know he's you not gay? You say that. I mean, we well, I mean,
0: Excuse yeah. me. we, we get a, a lot of evidence that he's not gay because he has uh, sexy
1: nude women on his locker. Oh, of course, he has a naked lady calendar. We
0: know all the other colleagues are
1: definitely straight. Um, all manly men have naked lady calendars. Yeah, even
0: though he, he does keep bugging Donnie to spend time with him. Uh, in this film, so yeah, it's never really explained why. Yeah, they have a sweet little moment. Um, him and Donny T, Donny K, not Donny T. It's not Donald Trump. Just to put Don- it out there. Donald T. Um, Donny K. They have a little moment. Um, where Bobby's like, no, nah, don't, don't listen to him. Don't worry about it. And uh, Donny really takes it too far. He's like, oh, he's the one that's sick. He's the f bomb. Not me. When people call people names, they're the ones
1: that are crazy. Ha <laughs> And Bobby's like. Yeah, all right, See, you like Donny. But that's... No, what he says is that... Um, whatever his name is, the old man's supervisor. He must have been a pile of sticks. Because that's pile how... Pile of sticks? Pile of sticks. That's what the F, F word meant back in the day. Um, uh, I'm sure it's like a pile of sticks or something. Um, because that's how they are. So he's suggesting that he called Donny... The F word, because he's actually the F word himself.
0: Yeah, that classic mentality that all gay bullies are gay. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: That all homophobic people are secretly gay. I
0: mean, this world is going to be overpopulated with gay soon if that's the truth. Fucking hell. Um, Donny's yeah. Donny's chuffed about this little conversation. So he goes home. He skips home. He gets some happy moves that we don't really. Uh, Donny gets home, makes his mum some uh, chamomile tea, yeah, and yeah. Uh, freaks out when he realises she's dead. Let's face it, Donny, she's been dead for a while, hasn't she? She looks like shit.
1: Yeah, she she did, and she's I don't know what she's wearing. Um, it's like a really weird red. I think it's culturally appropriate. <laughs> it probably is. There's
0: a lot of red outfits in this film. They've got the colour palette um, down to a tee.
1: So he's, he's made her a, a nice cup of chamomile tea and um, she's dead. Yeah, uh, We get a few voiceovers, don't we, of a child saying, no, mother, don't. Um, Danny's upset that she's dead. Yeah. And then he's fuming because she won't wake up. He then hears voices telling him that he's now free and he can do anything he wants. Including listen to music as loud as he's, he likes. Can I play my music loud? <laughs> he puts on a top tier disco banger and starts bouncing on the furniture. <laughs> he does, having a great time. Uh, the lyrics go, When we get home, when we're alone. <laughs> um, and I didn't get the rest, so I don't know what happens oh, when we get for home. That. <laughs> um, He lights a cigarette, but hears his mother yelling, don't you dare, and then he puts the cigarette out. (laughs) The voice is like, hey, Donnie, now don't worry about it, mate. She's dead. It's like she's evil and needs to be purified. If she was dead against cigarettes, then whose cigarettes were they? I know, yeah. Just hanging around. Um, Yeah, he goes back to his mother. She's still dead. And the voices tell him he can do what he likes again, as he is now the master master of the house.
0: And She needs to be purified, don't she? She needs to be purified. So, this leads to him having a flashback showing the origin of his fire obsession. Uh, when he was young, he used to suffer severe abuse from his mother, who would hold his bare arms over a gas stove to burn the
1: evil out of him. Yes. Um, I don't know if she was dead at this point because her eyeshadow looked fucking moldy. <laughs> Did you notice the eyeshadow? Yeah. It was thick. It looked like... It was mould coloured. It was disgraceful. Classic case of mentioning and not dealing with? Um, The problem is, this tells... And it's it's a problem with a lot of these films. um, But essentially, this is telling us that his mother is responsible for all... Because it doesn't deal with it. Mentions it, doesn't deal with it. His mother is solely responsible for his actions. Yes. And therefore, it's all a woman's fault. That's mm-hmm. the first for me. That was the first red flag. Whereas that like, okay, we need to identify that he, you know, it 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 can't all just be blamed on the mother. Yeah. But it it it. Spoiler alert! It pretty much blames it all on the mum. I
0: mean, you know, obviously child abuse is a very real thing Absolutely. and it, it happens from all genders. So it, it you know, it's something that can be included in the film, but means this is nineteen seventy nine, it's included as a cheap plot device to explain why he only
1: kills women. It's yeah, and it's um a, a tale as old as time when in I, I did a little bit of criminology at college, so I am no expert. Please don't quote me on anything. I'm sure the film, the, the
0: rights of this film were.
1: But a reoccurring theme with serial killers was a fucked up relationship with their mother. Mm-hmm. And obviously horror films took this, especially with Psycho. Yeah. You know, they took this and they fucking ran with it. Yeah. And so many of these films, I mean, some of the, you know, really, truly great horror films do this. Fucked up relationship with their mother. The one that comes to mind is Deep Red. Yeah. Um, the film that starts with the mother being killed, you know, it's it's been done a lot. Um, I never, see, I, I don't know, I haven't seen all of the films. But I thought this was maybe one of the more graphic depictions of the child abuse. I think so, yeah. It was quite... What I was expecting from this film was a cheapy, camp, crappy slasher film. Mm-hmm. Um. And then what we got was some quite dark themes. Yeah. And it's a very dark film. It's very downbeat, isn't it? It is. Which, Which, you know, would work... Um if it dealt with the issues yeah. properly. I mean it's still
0: it's still a very creepy film. Um there's there's still a lot of uncertain stuff in it, including the child abuse stuff. It's very Absolutely. badly acted, but it's still,
1: you know, still disturbing. But it, it kind of it's like Mum was crazy, punished him by burning him over the stove, that made him crazy, and he killed women the end, Amen. Yeah. Whereas it should be more complicated than that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Especially when we look at the other depictions of women in the film.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, pretty much now that his mother is dead, Donnie sets out to avenge himself on any woman who bears a resemblance to her with the aid of his voice in his head.
1: Yeah, yeah, essentially, Uh, which... Turns out to be every woman he comes into contact with. Yeah. None them, okay, none of them look like his fucking mother. No. Like, I don't know where this whole... It just... Yeah, it, it just... It, it's every woman he comes into contact with. Yeah. You never see him... You know, a film like... it's For me, it's the direct comparison, is Maniac. Yeah. Um, Maniac, he has a relation, kind of relationship with a Caroline Monroe character. Mm-hmm. So... There's more layers to it there, but this guy just, he's crazy and kills every woman. Yeah. Not not men, it's just women. Yeah. Um, which leads into his mother being the reason and catalyst for the whole thing. Yeah, he grabs some matches um,
0: <laughs> and does some sort of weird stroking activity that we only see through shadows. It was like he's wanking his mum off. Yeah, it does actually, yeah, very inappropriate. I, I really don't know what's going on there. Um, but we do later see that she's been burnt, so maybe he was her on fire. Who knows? Bobby calls him to see if he's okay, um, and if he fancies going out for a coffee. But Donnie acts super suspicious and tells him that he's not going into work today.
1: Yeah, he saying he's not feeling very well, um, and then we cut to. Looks like he's building something with a gas canister. Yeah. Um, then we cut to night time, and now Danny... Um, Danny? Who the fuck is Danny? Donnie is at a weapon shop. Now, I d- it kind of looked like a grocery store, but with, like, weapons. Yeah. And, like, knives and a hazard suit. and But, like, in the window. Very convenient for him, uh, considering he needs all these things. Uh, But in the window is this hazard suit. And I'm like, what kind of shop is this?
0: Yeah, so it's a beekeeper's outfit. um, Oh! And it's a surplus store, apparently.
1: A surplus store? We've got a surplus of knives and guns.
0: Yeah. So he buys the suit and uh, then goes to a flower shop where he befriends a florist named Kathy Jordan. And honestly, at first, I thought this was going to be our final girl. I thought he was going to form some sort of relationship with her. I I didn't actually think
1: she was in for it. Yeah, I thought maybe this... I thought maybe she reminded him of his mother and then we would get this relationship forming between them. Yeah. That's not the case. So she's closed. He gives this whole spiel about his mother being sick. You know, I just need some flowers for her. Um, She gives him... A really shit bouquet of like, <laughs> like really crap. I mean, I ain't being funny. If, if I was given them, I'd be like, fuck off, you know, exchange them for some chocolates or something. You know, they're not worth anything. I do apologise, Um Rest in peace. Uh, outside the florist, <laughs> she misses a bus. Old, uh, What's her name? Cathy. Cathy misses a bus and a group of drunken teens. <laughs> Managed to harass her without actually ever looking at her. Well, what if I of she's a bitch? And it was like,
0: yeah, you're right, man, I ought to know. <laughs>
1: so what? Got, but they don't look in her direction no. until she gets in the car with Donnie. No, and then they start doing wanking signs to Donnie. They do, yeah. Because the officer arrived. Like,
0: what? does not even mean. <laughs>
1: He offers her a lift, and she accepts, because of the weird teens that are harassing her whilst talking to each other. Um, it's just, like, being bitched about. like, But within, like, hearing distance. Like, it's so weird. Um, she agrees to let him quickly nip home on the way to see his mother. Uh, he talks her into going into the house to see his mother.
0: And going completely against the film's title, she, she goes, goes in the house. In the
1: house. Uh, she tells him her name, this is why I didn't have a name, because we don't find out until moments before she dies. Uh, she tells him her name is Kathy, and Donny goes to fetch his mother so she can meet Kathy. <laughs> uh, Donnie pretends to call the doctor for his mother, she's, she's not feeling too great, and Kathy wants to use the phone to call a cab. She's getting a bit creeped out now, she's yeah. like, okay, this is weird, let me call a cab so I can go home. As she's on the phone, Donnie knocks her out with a random metal object. Did you see what it was? I didn't see what it was. Just no. a random object. We then cut to her with her arms tied to a ceiling in what looks like a, a metal locker. Mm. Um, I didn't really know how to describe it, but it's a room with yeah. metal walls, essentially. Um, she is completely nude. Um Donnie has another flashback to his mother burning him and he enters the locker in a uh, the bee suit, beekeeper suit.
0: Yeah, you know what film completely ripped this off, but amusingly with water.
1: One of the sores. But yeah. is this not is this not um deranged? No. Is this not copy no, and deranged? No, 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 no it's not no. when they hung up. Um, no, it's not like this.
0: I mean, this is very specific and i I do think it's a deliberate choice with saw free um in the way that they chained up, she's chained up in the exact same way and instead of fire she gets sprayed with water. I think that's a direct
1: yeah, I no, I can absolutely see that. I, I can see that, but I, I don't know how original this is.
0: Mm. Yeah, this is quite... This isn't like the scene from Deranged. No, no, I haven't seen Deranged. This is massively uncomfortable and really sleazy, I found.
1: It just... It, it feels... This, I can see. And when I said earlier about understanding where the BBFC came from, mm. it doesn't mean I agree with no. them, but it means I can see where they came from. And like last week, like I said... Um, big thing for BBFC was sex and violence together so to have this woman fully nude being set on fire mhm it's i mean it ticks all their boxes yeah. and i can see why uh, i'm i'm surprised it got past them before the, 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 the distributor called it a nasty.
0: Well, I mean, they said they cut a lot. And I assume a lot is going to be from this scene.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because um, this was the big deal. This and the child abuse. Yeah. Um,
1: well, he pours gasoline on her as well, which is really... a. It, it's just a very uncomfortable scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is the point. I mean, it's a horror film. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not sunshine, lollipops like, and rainbows. But
0: it's uncomfortable in the way that this is a very misogynistic film. It's... And and usually I'd go against it. Usually, and I've said it time and time again on the podcast, that old argument about all slasher films are misogynistic. And it's not the fucking case. Because you normally have a powerful final girl and a equal gender chart. There's normally men being killed as well, you know? Uh, and there's a normal, there's normally a final girl to
1: take down the killer. That's not the case here. This
0: film very much hates women.
1: Yeah, it it's a weird, it, it's a weird one because it it doesn't say shout it to you and say because at the end of the day, Donnie is insane. Yeah. They they're not pretending anything else, um, so they're not screaming at you. This is all women's fault. Women, are, you know, are mm. the problem. But the scale is tipped far too much to one side, and it's the smaller things as well. Yeah, you know, like um, the guys outside the
0: store. Oh, she's a bitch. She is, and then you know later on when there's a joke where Bobby threatens to punch the girl in the face as a joke, and just these little things here, and like the way they treat women and
1: they're just objects in this film. Well, they are, and um, the, the majority of them, you don't necessarily get their names straight away. Or the name's only said once. They don't get any develop. I mean, no, no development no. whatsoever. I mean, this, you know, Kathy um, who we've just seen die in a, a horrible way. Mm. I mean, tell me one thing about a florist. Kathy exactly. the florist. Exactly. That's it. So, the, the like I said, the the scale is tipped too much in one direction where, you know, women are just there to be killed Mm. and in this case you know in an uncomfortable sexualized way yeah um i don't is it inherently misogynistic i don't know um at worst it is at best it's kind of bad writing yeah and because it, it it doesn't It doesn't help us feel anything uh, apart from the gruesome nature of the kill. Yeah. It doesn't make us feel much for the character, which I think a good horror film does. Yeah, personal preference. Um, Other people might think differently. Yeah. Um... (laughs) <laughs> I'd be a bit scared to go into the house with you If you feel that way But, uh, <laughs> you know, each to their own <laughs> I,
0: I mean, yeah I mean, it's just it's just my take away from it And obviously you just gave your take as well But, um, I mean, that's what our socials are open right for Let us know, let us know. Yeah um, But, yeah, it's just When you tally it up With the way women are treated And the way men are treated in this film Not looking great, guys Um. I mean, the woman who gets the most character development is his abusive mother.
1: Well, yeah, essentially, it's a, yeah. Bobby really. gets and
0: Bobby probably gets more character development than her. Like he's in this a lot more and.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, absolutely. He's the savior of the film. To a certain yeah, well, really, and and that's why, you know, the final girl is is such a big deal. Yeah. Because it's. You know, women saving themselves. There's so many of these films, where that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, they're kind of the ones that haven't stood the test of time. Uh huh. Um, you know the real classic, slasher films that we know and people still watch to these to this day, has a strong female lead. Yeah. You know, it's no coincidence.
0: Yeah. But poor Kathy, she gets gasoline poured all over her and he starts up his flamethrower, setting her aflame and burning her alive while she's still screaming in pain.
1: The effects...
0: Okay. None are good for a for $250,000 budget. I think they're yeah. good. And, and you mentioned to me earlier about the idea of a slasher film with fire. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. You know, he's a creepy killer. It's, it's an original suit for a film like this. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't been done again. If it has, it probably has gone unnoticed, but, uh, yeah, I think it works. It was giving me
1: crazies. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the crazies? I mean, for a slasher film. Yeah, no, but I mean, that imagery is quite scary, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: I mean, you know, it's... My line. It's a scary, scary scene. And uh, whether that's for right or wrong reasons, there's no taking away how effective it is, for certain. Yeah, um, Donnie then goes to put a blanket over the charred body of Kathy, um, as it's still hanging, her body's still hanging from the metal chains from the ceiling. Donnie's boss asks, uh, Bobby to tell Donnie that he's still a homosexual, um, and to get back into work or something like that. It was hard to hear because the audio in the scene was so bad. It, it wasn't great. The, I think the, it the loudest word was a, the F-bomb. That was basically... Yeah. Um, a very stylish woman's car breaks down at the side of the road. She's fucking driving James Bond's Aston Martin. She's so... a fancy car. <laughs> what the fuck? She must have been really fucking rich. She, you know, go you go girl. Uh, Donny offers her a lift to the next gas station. Because the car's
1: broken down. She's yeah. got a Fucking fancy car, but you, you know, might got a cheap all, deal. <laughs> everyone's in the same boat when it, the fucker breaks down. And then we see her post burning. Yes. Yeah. So. The scene with Kathy is the most graphic scene. You don't really get much out. That's actually. where they
0: it's used up all the budget, clearly.
1: Essentially, yeah. Yeah. There's... Yeah, it just sort of cuts to her being burnt. And
0: yeah. that's it. We see a woman taking the kids out of a shop. <laughs> when I tell you not to take seven out of you better listen to me. And the <laughs> kid's like... <"Eah!"> <laughs> 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 but
1: again, it's every mother in this yeah. film... <laughs> It just speaks to their children like shit. <laughs> or just whinges. Or just, you know. and it's true. A few. We'll, we'll continue and I'll point them out for you. Um, yeah, he annoys a woman who's, who's at the checkout. L- Linda. Oh, did she get a name? Oh, yeah. She, she got a, na- she got oh, a name. Oh, excuse me. She did get a name. That's the Martin woman, didn't it? She? she didn't know. Linda did. Um, yeah, so he annoys her by being a creep. And he is being a fucking yeah. creep. Um, he follows her and seemingly offers her a lift. Well, he um, offers her a lift in the shop and she says no, but and he, he just, just says keeps fucking no. bugging.
0: Even the ginger mustache shopkeeper has had enough. But
1: he's. But the, the shopkeeper says, you know, is there a problem here? And Donnie says, I'm going to go out and apologise to her. Mm. And then it cuts to Donnie introducing Linda. To his now decomposing mother. Yeah. Not Linda still alive. No. So we don't know what happens off screen. Um, it's just Linda, she buys some groceries, is annoyed by Donnie, but apparently Donnie persuades her outside. Somehow, to yeah. To get, you know, I, I don't know. We, we don't know what happens there because obviously Linda's a woman and, you know one minute of screen time is, is all she really um, needs. Apparently. Apparently. I... Donnie
0: gets a call from Bobby telling him that his boss said if he isn't in work on Monday he's out of a job. <laughs> well, that's not what you all said, Bobby. <laughs> you know, good on you for not passing the message on. Yeah. And Donnie sees one of the corpses staring at him in the mirror so he tells Bobby all about his sick mum
1: before telling him that he's his only friend. Well, it's his mother that's in... Oh, is that his mum? Oh, it's pure... It's pure Mrs. Bates. Yeah. She... Grey hair, um, decomposing body. Um, yeah, this is quite late for a psycho rip-off, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: so, uh, Donnie hears, Trash, 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 just like your father. (laughs) Um, and then the voice in his head tells him to punish his mother. So we now see that he's burnt his mother's corpse and dressed it up in her bedroom, along with the other three dead women. Putting a little display together, a little uh, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: It's giving pure Texas Chainsaw Massacre, absolutely. He then tells the corpses. <laughs> evidence for. Evidence B for
0: misogyny, misogynistic nature of this film. Mm-hmm. Donnie tells the corpses they're all selfish and vain bitches and gives one of them a slap. Jesus, they're fucking dead. Give him break.
1: <laughs> fucking hell. Because he hears them laughing at him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. it it, it's hard to tell when there's a voice whose voice it is apart from the mother because it's very much an old lady voice yeah um but it's hard to tell if it's his victims or it's the voices in his head well i suppose they're all voices in his head um but these ones are laughing and, and he starts slapping one of the corpses Yeah, calls them bitches, and he threatens to turn off the light if they keep (laughs) laughing. And yeah,
0: he begins to feel remorse for his actions, so he puts on some generic rock music and goes to bed, where he has a very dark dream of uh, the corpses dragging him into some sand.
1: Yeah. So yeah, he dreams of some. I'm assuming it's on a beach. It looks like. Um. At night, there's explosions, and then he's surrounded by fire. He tries to get away, and there's a trench. And in this trench, the three corpses of his victims pull him in. Yeah. And then he wakes up. He wakes up, but the same song is playing. He can't have been asleep for that long because, I mean, it's a vinyl record, but it's the same song playing, unless it's on a a loop or something. He can't have been asleep that long.
0: He goes to a church where he tells
1: Father Joe He Ger- goes to the kitchen to grab a glass of water I want to see. and then sees his mother's corpse at the top of the stairs in front of some flames. She tells him she'll get him. There we go. Oh, okay. Thanks. Missed
0: that. Donnie <laughs> goes to Did a you church miss that? It
1: was actually some pretty good imagery.
0: I I was too busy trying to write down about what we had just seen with the beach because it was so dark.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Donny goes
0: to a church where he tells Father Garrity uh, about the abuse his mother inflicted upon him, and about his urges to kill. So, Father Garrity is played by Ralph D. Bowman. Uh, he's a one-time actor. Do you know how we know this? Because he's bad at
1: acting. His
0: performance is fucking shocking. <laughs> he turns up and he's like, "You've got a problem. Let me help you with this." It's like, "Okay, you're not super nanny, are you? You're in a crisis." One more way. One more way.
1: Do you know what I don't get? Is that Donnie asks the priest if he believes in the devil. Mm-hmm. The priest tells him, that's a silly question to ask a priest. <laughs> and then tells him that he doesn't believe in the devil, <laughs> only in evil. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'm being <laughs> stupid or not, but I assume that priests did believe in the devil. Yeah. And therefore it was a stupid question, because obviously the priest believes in the devil. Yeah. But apparently not.
0: Yeah, and he's not very helpful. He's basically like, ah, oh, whatever. Try and move on with your he's, life. He's Leave like, the past to rest.
1: Donnie tells um, Donny tells him about his mother's burning punishment for being evil. And the priest kind of doesn't deny that Donnie is evil. No. Because when he first turns up, the priest is fuming because he told him <laughs> not to return to the church. So we don't know what behaviour he's exhibited at this church previously, <laughs> But the priest never actually denies that Donnie is evil. Um, He invites him to return for confession. So he must believe that something in Donnie ain't right. Yeah. Um, The priest tells him to forgive his mother and then tells him to get the evil thoughts out of his mind. So what I read into this is that the priest was telling him that... Only if he forgives his mother, will the evil leave him. Yeah, pretty much. So again, it's telling us, it's the mother's fault, it's your mum's yeah. fault, all women are shit.
0: Yeah, so to solve this, Donnie confessed to his mother that he told Father Geraghty about their past and that he wants to forgive her and move on, so he puts some holy water on her head.
1: Yeah, that he was stealing, wasn't yeah. he? Was stealing. Oh, you can have that for free. <laughs> the priest just like, you don't have to steal it, you can have it for free, it's okay.
0: In an attempt to stop killing, Donnie calls Bobby to see if he fancies going on a date, and uh, gets an invitation to go on a double date um, by Bobby, who is painfully trying to convince us that he's straight.
1: Okay, so, I'm confused. <laughs> this part. Number one... Why did Donny have to go to some sort of oh. pier and look pensive <laughs> to then go to a payphone to call Bobby? Because we know he's moved on. Bobby is definitely straight. I really don't understand your issue with Bobby <laughs> and his heterosexuality. I've got his very straight dialogue down. He's very straight because he's watching the football. <laughs> he's eating pretzels and drinking a beer. He's got a beer. His wife has to answer the phone that is right next to him. I thought it was his mum. no. That's his wife. Oh, dear. Yeah, no, he's a piece of shit. Um, That's his wife who's next to him while she's carrying a basket of clothes. (laughs) She don't get a name. I don't... Do you know what? I don't even think we see her fucking face. (laughs) We don't see her face! We see the back of her fucking head. Um, After the conversation where Bobby... uh, Well, Donnie initially invites Bobby to the cinema... Oh I've
0: got a dialogue. Oh, go on then. So, um, after he's invited to the cinema... Bobby's like, I've got the best idea. So I've got two live ones, man. And I tell you, they're dynamite. You know what they're into? I can't tell you right now. But I tell you, they're dynamite. Yeah, I like all their boobs and their boobs and stuff. And sexy boobs. And uh, then he suggests... Donnie's like, oh, well... He didn't say about the boobs part, by the way, just in case someone was wondering. Donnie suggests that they just talk instead. But Bobby's like, oh, no... Who wants to watch a movie and old hands with you? So Donny's just panics at the suggestion of him being gay because of the gay panic in this film. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I'll meet you at eight.
1: Yeah. So my issue is I read into that that the women were prostitutes. <laughs> so it's confused the rest of the film for <laughs> What do you think they can do? That? Because apparently they're not prostitutes. Well, what, what do
0: you think they're into that he can't tell him? And why did he ask him if he wants to know what they're into before telling him that he can't tell it?
1: <laughs> it's one of those awkward moments. Like, you know when someone's like, guess, guessing, like, I-, I have no idea, like, and they're like, and it's the most random answer. You know when people are like, he doesn't guess even have who, an who answer. I-, I saw at the market today? He's <laughs> like, who? Like, guess, guess. Paul McCartney. I don't fucking know. One of them moments. Uh, No, because he doesn't even know an answer. But they're dynamite.
0: So what what do you think they could do?
1: I don't know. Double ender, I don't fucking
0: know. (laughs) What are you asking me for? I don't know, it's a mystery, isn't it? They're dynamite anyway,
1: Um, as he keeps reminding us. Um, So yeah, here's, after the phone call, Bobby's wife moans about the (laughs) the child. (laughs) She's like, this kid, I'm going to tell him one day or some shit like that. (laughs) I don't know, she's a mother in this film so therefore she talks to a kid like a piece of shit
0: <laughs> yeah donnie goes to buy a new outfit uh in a shop playing disco music and yes. says another
1: disco banger <laughs> the rock and roll song wasn't good no but the disco music disco in it. this film is great
0: um he uh, he watches a couple try and buy an outfit and they give up on it and uh the shopkeeper tries selling it to her, to Donnie, and he's like, oh, yes, I have seen this before. Nice style. What did the lady think? She liked it, didn't she? Uh, and the guy over the counter's like, oh, no, she said it was tacky.
1: Yeah, so he was after the shirt, because it's trying to give this thing where he's socially awkward. <laughs> so he's never been to a disco before, um, probably because his mother was so controlling, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. So, it's ve- it was very weird, visually, this scene, because he goes and he's shown this red shirt by the shop assistant. A rather camp shop assistant, don't you agree? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's shown this shirt, it's bright red, like bright red, and he calls it Matador. Um, but th- visually, it's so weird, because there's this bright red shirt at the foreground but every other item of clothing in the background is beige or brown. Did you not think, like, oh. Oh, yeah. And the, the shop assistant puts it back on the rag. Yeah. And I'm like, where are you putting this? Sh-? It's, like, <laughs> bright fucking red, but the rest of the scene is, like, really, like, grey and beige. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Why have you chosen this shirt as the shirt for this scene?
0: It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, the member of staff at the shop points Donny in a direction of new disco clothes that they're all wearing. Apparently, uh, he immediately knows do- uh, Donny's shirt size <laughs> without even checking, and gives him a full disco
1: makeover with a damn fine outfit made for dancing. Uh, do you know what? Props to him. This camp shop assistant, because not only did he find a nice outfit for Donnie, I think it looks nice, Yeah. Um, he also cured Donnie of his homophobia. It's true. Because (laughs) he had such a lovely interaction with (laughs) camp old shop assistant that he doesn't use the F word for the rest of the film. It's true, we don't hear it again. (laughs) He he smiles and he's like, yeah, part of me was nervous. I was no. When he says, "Oh, are you gonna try it on?" I was like, "Don't do it. Don't <laughs> he's fucking murder him. do it." I was like, "Don't you dare!" I was like, "This this camp shop assistant. He's gonna be a bit. He's gonna come on to him, and he's gonna get killed. And he. I was like, "Don't you fucking do it, film." And it didn't. You're propped to it. No. Homophobia cured. Instead, it takes us to the disco, the very dark and
0: seedy looking nightclub where the disco is taking place, and we get some great 70s
1: disco dancing. I cannot handle the bangers in this. I was like, oh my God. What about the dancing? The dancing's awful. (laughs) The dancing has given me the stud.
0: No one knows how to film the dancing either. Like, really close up to people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I so feel like really close, or like really <laughs> low down, like, um, yeah, it's not great, but the music is on fire.
0: Yeah, Donnie shows up and is introduced to the girls, Sarah and Karen. Uh, he's shy and awkward as expected.
1: He he catches the eye of a couple of uh, ladies on the way. Like, he does. Mean, there's like close-ups of these women's faces, like, ooh, <laughs> who's this? Who's this? <laughs> they, they all have a bit of bad banter,
0: which involves discussions about work and Bobby threatening to punch Sarah in the face.
1: Yeah, Um. just going back to him being eyed up and the the fact that women do get in the car with him. Yeah. Is th- Do you think the idea is, and I, I don't wish to be mean to the, to the lead actor, but do you think the idea is that he's a handsome Ted Bundy type? Um... Could have
0: cast a better actor if that's what they were
1: going for. Yeah. I, yeah. No offence to him. I mean...
0: it. it okay, but, he's meant to be a fucking psychopathic serial killer, so I came not to find him attractive.
1: No, but I mean, in the in the idea of... I mean, was had Ted Bundy been caught by 1979? Maybe. Or am I just reading too much? In, I don't know. But I mean, I'm assuming that he's meant to be more handsome... Then, potentially, he comes across. Yeah. Please forgive me, if, if Lee Datcher, if you're listening to this.
0: Uh, Bobby and Karen go off to dance really badly. Um, I, I really don't know who the fuck taught Bobby how to dance, but it's awful. Uh, Sarah's brother, and, according to you, possible pimp... I, this is where <laughs> I got
1: confused. Well, he was pretty much nearly kissing her neck. That yeah. was why I... And I thought the whole... Because she says, oh, it's my brother... I thought that was just a cover in case there were, like, cops around. Because you wouldn't turn around and say, oh, yeah, that's my pimp.
0: Yeah, no, he, he, he turns up, Tony, and uh, he, tried, he asks if she's okay while she's trying to make conversation with Donnie and not, not really getting very far. Um, Karen then dances seductively for Donnie. <laughs> and in a bizarre series of events, she tries to take
1: him to the dance floor. But... Kind of. But what? She's grabbing him over the table. Yeah. Like, if she was pulling, he would have to climb <laughs> over the table and then down, like, a, a sort of balcony part yeah. because it's raised up. I was very confused as to what she was actually trying to get out of this.
0: It was, well, apparently she's trying to get into the dance floor and she holds his arms over the table's lighted candle. Which reminds him of his childhood abuse. So he angrily picks up the candle holder and smashes it on her head, setting her wig right on fire.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that wig goes up really quick.
0: <laughs> and some woman walks over to Tony and she's like, Hey, Anthony, some guy just threw a candle in your sister's face. He's like, you what?
1: <laughs> but, but um, people are just kind of staring. You don't yeah. actually see anyone helping her. Like, there's a close-up of a woman's face kind of looking shocked yeah um what I find really weird is the the idea of like a nightclub having lit candles <laughs> no. I'm like fucking you know. could you imagine that now I know
0: like <laughs> the place will always be on fucking fire health and
1: safety <laughs> nightmare
0: um he's you know, like you fucking what it's so fuming. Tony Tony attacks Donnie in a car park so you scarred my sister for life and you're here fighting the guy that did it instead of helping her yeah <laughs> Um, Donny gets in his truck and drives away. And no one is helping poor Karen and her burnt wig. Apparently like,
1: not.
0: her and Sarah leave Bobby on his own because they're still pissed off about the candle incident. Like, yeah, I mean, her fucking hair was on fire.
1: Yeah.
0: No one's helping no her. No ambulance. Not even a brother. No.
1: There's no ambulance, is there? You never <laughs> see
0: one. <laughs> Donny runs into two drunken girls on the street whilst driving home. One of them's called Susan.
1: Yeah, one of them's called Susie the other doesn't have a name. Susan, have a name. Um, one's brunette and one's blonde. So we'll have to refer to them as Susie and the blonde.
0: Yeah, he he offers to take them home to,
1: to his house for a party. Um, well, Susie's a bit of a bitch, isn't she? Yeah. Um, when she gets in the, uh, the car, she's like, someone's had a rough night. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, excuse my appearance, but I got jumped. And
0: Susan's... Why are you making friend, him sound posh? Susan's friend's like, what? <laughs> and Susan's like, he said he has jumped. Donnie yeah. tells a story about how three guys with knives jumped him in the park. He tells them he was in the Marines. The Green Beret. And they point out that the Green Beret is the army.
1: <laughs> but they still agree to go to his still fucking agree house. To go to his house. Oh. And they can invite anyone they want over. <laughs> Uh, they get there and first thing out of Susan, <laughs> oh, uh, first thing out of Susie's mouth is, oh God, this is a spooky house. <laughs> uh, they are more fond of the interiors, oh, though. They
0: find it hilarious. You'd think it's the funniest thing they've ever seen this house. Yeah. Like they cannot stop laughing, and Susan's friends like Susan. This is really
1: weird. Yeah. <laughs> Donnie shows Susan the upstairs, and yeah. she goes, "Oh boy, do you need a paint job?" <laughs> Uh, before they go into the metal room together. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, for some reason, <laughs> decides to go to the priest to find help for Donnie. Instead of the police. Instead of the police. So, he's worried that obviously Donnie has assaulted, you know, set someone on fire. <laughs>
0: Fucking Father is like... He just threw a candle in Tony's sister's face. How the fuck is Father Geraghty going to know who
1: Tony's sister is? Exactly. And he's worried... He seems more worried that Tony is after Donny... Than the fact that Donny has completely lost his mind. Um, it's... so I, I really don't understand because... There's nothing to connect the priest... And Bobby. And Donny only went to the priest once, like really late at night, and never mentioned it to Bobby. I no. was what is going on here? Why would he go why would he not go to the police? Well, it it's it's really baffling. It. And and yet again, even Father
0: Father Geraghty doesn't even question if Tony's sister Karen is okay. Yeah. And no one gives a shit no about one gives her.
1: About Karen.
0: Um, but yeah, they get to Donnie's house. Susan's friend repeats Susan's name a thousand times while looking oh for God. her.
1: But in, like, different ways.
0: Yeah. Susan Susan Susan, Susan! 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 Susan!
1: Susan! 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 Susan!
0: And, I mean, eventually she finds her. She's like, oh, God! Uh, and then Donnie takes her away.
1: Takes her away?
0: Yeah. Well, he grabs her and he grabs takes her, her yes. away. He grabs her, away. Donny starts yelling at his room of corpses about how he tried to be nice, and how when? they now have to pay the price this for it. This is one I
1: didn't get. Like, when was he? Who was he trying and to? He went to disco be nice? shopping. Oh really? Yeah, to the gay guys. Nice to him. Well, yeah. I mean, if being nice is just not using homophobic language, then great. <laughs> you know, props to you. Uh, when no one answers the front door, uh, Bobby and Father G
0: they break the door down and rescue the two women.
1: Um, They do actually. I thought these two girls might have gotten away themselves. Oh, that is silly. Of course not. Of course not. They need to be saved by men. Big, big bur, big religious man, and big burly, in beer swigging ladies man, Bobby.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Donny K sets Father G on fire with his (laughs) flamethrower.
1: Yeah, because he, he he momentarily blames him for lying. You yeah. lied to me. You said if I was good and I forgave, then it, the evil would go. But Some shit like that. Because Father
0: Garrity is a man, Bobby manages to save him and put out the flames. Yes. Donnie takes refuge inside his mother's bedroom. And... Uh, in a very maniac series of events, this is a before maniac. I know maniac definitely yeah. took this, and I'm telling you, it's definitely reminded me of last night's in Soho. Um, the voices express their disappointment in him, and the burned corpses come to life and attack him. He frantically fights them, but dies. Then they drag him to the floor as the house burns down
1: around him. Well, yeah, he sets them on fire, which sets the room on fire. He tries to leave the room, but his mother appears and forces him back in. Yeah. Um, So he dies in the fire, seemingly. We then cut to a child we've never seen before called Michael, who's playing with a toy as the fire at at Dobby's house? What the fuck? Dobby? (laughs) Donnie? Donnie's house is being reported on the radio. His mother fuming at Michael for ignoring her, enters the room and repeatedly slaps him across the face for ignoring her and switches the radio off. TV. The TV, or whatever, I don't fucking give a shit. Voices tell Michael that they're there to help him, and the camera zooms in on Michael's eyes, and then we get end credits with uh, the best song on the soundtrack. (laughs) Um, shot by Boogie Lightning. <laughs>
0: uh, we kind of any of these songs to the Spotify playlist because they're not on Spotify. Um, yeah, I mean for me this last scene kind of implies that the voices in Donnie's head left his head when he died and went into his child's head.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> fucking stupid. I, what I got from it other than what I believe to be a Halloween reference, uh, a child called Michael, uh, who's about to go on a killing spree. Um, what I got from it was the cycle of abusive mothers creating serial killers. Yeah. That's what I got from that. Which because, is... you know, they they could have... And this is where I just think it's really bad writing or misogyny, is that why couldn't they have had an abusive father yeah I'm mean, like if that's what you're going with and mm-hmm. it, it's it's bad writing you know I, I, I don't agree with it um but why could you not just have an abusive father yeah why is it again the mother so what we've had throughout this film in terms of women is essentially abusive mother mm-hmm. who has created mm-hmm. the evil in Donnie yeah and it's suggested a few times Uh through the film that that is what's made him the way he is. Mm -hmm. We've then had three victims. Yeah. Only two of them with names. Yeah. Their corpses get more screen time than the actual actresses of them Uh being alive. Um, Then we get these two women who are super drunk, And quite bitchy, really. Yeah. Um, But props to them, you know. (laughs) But I I, I don't know if the suggestion is that they've made a stupid decision getting into a stranger's car because they're drunk. They are saved, but they're saved by men. Mm -hmm. They don't save themselves. Yeah. And then this, another new abusive mother with a charity shop suit haircut at the end. And that's it. Yeah. How many women in this film do we not get their names? Exactly. But then the men, we get all their names. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Obviously, the the supervisor at work doesn't get a massive monologue where <laughs> he doesn't in you know he doesn't get an emotional scene of any sort. He's just a bit homophobic. He also doesn't die when he probably should. I mean, yeah. This is the thing, and it's just it's kind of, it's kind of what people accuse these kind of films of being. Um, and it just doesn't sit well with me for a modern perspective. And I'm, I'm pretty sure back then, yeah. people, you know, it would have raised a few eyebrows. Um, that's not... You know, I'm not sitting here saying, no women should ever be the victim in a horror film. That's obviously not what I'm saying. But like I said earlier, when it all seems to be one-sided mm-hmm. and we're not getting anything from these women in terms of characterisation or... Uh, Anything like that, then it just feels like they're fodder, yeah. For you know, the story of a man, it's true. Uh, I
0: mean, you know, it, it is massively problematic from a modern perspective, but there's still some things to be enjoyed here. I mean, it is a really creepy film,
1: yeah um that being said what i've just said and all that mm. it is actually a quite well made film yeah um it's i mean that central performance is good it's yeah. good he, you know he's very creepy and there are many aspects of the film that you know does work yeah it does work i mean the the, the killing of Kathy really is quite intense and it really works to shock
0: yeah absolutely it's yeah I mean I, I, I don't know if I'd recommend it I mean it's it's worth if you're a fan of slasher films I would say it's, it's worth watching but if you're a casual horror fan who can't necessarily look past a lot of what's wrong with it like I struggle to at times throughout the film eh, probably best to give this one a miss but it's it's not terrible. No. And it, do you know what? It's it's one of those ones that would probably benefit from a remake. If they change a few things around.
1: I, absolutely, absolutely. But I I think the premise was done better, in Maniac. Oh, of course. The following year. Of course. Um, I hope that we might make that it's, it's a podcast been done, film in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: been done better many times. It has
1: been. Um. I mean, if you're a completionist. Uh, for video nasties, then you'll have to watch it. But um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. No. Because I, I for one... Uh, and we could do a series of podcast episodes about the representation of women mm-hmm. in horror. You know, we, we could, you know, go on for hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, but you, I can't get over my modern... And uh, yeah. put that in quotation mark. Uh, well, I My mean, mis- modern sensibilities. The thing
0: is, misogyny and homophobia existed in nineteen seventy nine. It's just people didn't speak up about it enough. Uh, yeah. It, and if they yeah. did, it, it didn't really go anywhere because we've still got many other films made like this after.
1: Um, but nobody would have banned an island. No. No. They wouldn't. They would. They, they wouldn't have. They. They probably heard that word repeatedly. You yeah. know, we've watched fucking. John Hughes films that use that word. Yeah. You know, it. it's not, it's, it's kind of, it's a sign of the times more than anything yeah. else, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I'll get it to the nastiest moment. Uh, of course, it's Kathy's death scene. Yeah, of course. Easy winner. Uh, but yes, that's Don't Go In The House. Let us know what you think of the film. If you've already seen it on Horror Cool Trash on Facebook and Instagram and Horror Cool Trash on Twitter. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes like a follow and nothing else if you're feeling generous. I'm Gazmo 92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and Cruise 92 on Twitter.
1: I'm ChrisBarker823 on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. And we'll be back next week providing you with another nasty film,
0: another nasty slasher film, I think, uh, with Unhinged, not the
1: Russell Crowe film. Not the Russell Crowe film um i don't know anything about this no. film so i'm quite excited to watch it i think You no. <laughs> yes so we will be back same time
0: same place next week bye